Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message from our senior leader, Brent Lieberzeit, empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Well, that was brilliant. What a powerful, uh, powerful time, isn't it? And uh, it's great to be with you this morning. My name is Brent, by the way. Um, just one of the pastors here and, uh, and everywhere else. And... Uh, often wonder where I'm going to be tomorrow, but today I'm here and that's what matters. And so it's uh, my privilege to uh, be bringing the message to you this morning. Is that all right, just for a few minutes? We've been looking at, as a church, uh, this whole idea of revival. Uh, you know, it's real interesting, I believe, when the enemy wants to bring fear into your world, which I think 2020, let's say that that is, has been the case for a lot of people, I reckon he, he hears things that we often don't hear. He hears things before we hear them. And I think he was hearing God speaking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit and saying, guys, we need to release a whole lot of faith into, into our world, into this world. And, uh, and I think the devil hears that and he, he, he kind of has this preempting of, of coming in uh, like, you know, the Bible says it come, can come in like a flood, you know, like there's this sense of, of a work of the enemy that comes to, it comes to play. And what he wants to do is he wants to bring fear. But I reckon God was saying, I want to release faith. I want to release faith. And, uh, and so let's believe for that this morning. Let faith rise up in this room this morning. Let me share with you a particular scripture. It's from 2 Kings chapter 6. And starting at verse 8, and uh, let me just, we're going to read it through and I'll break it down as we go through because it's a really powerful, powerful story. And it's talking about Elisha, who was one of the prophets of days gone by. And he was uh, a prophet for Israel, of course. And this king of Aram, or the Syrian king, was uh, getting a little bit upset with Elisha. Here's why. He says, uh, after confer- so um, king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. So he was telling his officers what he was going to do and how he was going to plot to knock off Israel. Well, the man of God, Elisha, sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing this particular place or that particular place because the Aramaeans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king time and again so that he was on his guard in such places. All right, now some of these thoughts that I've got for you this morning are thoughts that I heard. I've been at Life Conference this week in Auckland and I heard this powerful message on this particular scripture. So I'm just uh, breaking this down and uh, uh, had help from uh, one great preacher, uh, Michael Maiden is his name, and uh, he was on video screen for us at conference because he can't, you know, he's from America, can't fly in, and so uh, anyway, I took some of these notes, and I thought it was really important to share them with you this morning, because it really impacted my life, and I thought, well, if it's impacting my life, then, then you need to hear it as well, because I reckon it can impact your life as well. So the king of Israel checked the place, indicated by the man of God, time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard 
in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and he demanded of them, tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel. So he's telling his officers and he thinks that his officers are getting wind of where all this stuff's coming, you know, how the Israelites actually know where the plots are and what, what I've been plotting. How does, how does Israel know this stuff? And they say, well, none of us, my Lord, the king have been saying anything. Uh, but Elisha, one of the officers said, Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go, out, go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. And the report came back, he is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. The crop is a great, mighty, fierce army just for one man who hears God's voice. And when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, this is the servant, Elisha's servant, he got out the next morning and he saw an army of horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Great question. What are we gonna do now? And here's the servant filled with fear because all he's seeing is the natural circumstances and he's missing out on the bigger picture. He can't yet see beyond what he sees with his natural eyes. And because of that, he makes wrong conclusions. You know, fear will do that to you. It will always bring us to a wrong conclusion because it is inferior information. So Elisha responds with this incredible famous scripture. You know, uh, as I said before, the enemy... Will, will, will always, when God is wanting to do something, often the enemy will try and rob what God is wanting to do. He'll try and, he'll try and attack first before God brings victory over your life, right? And, uh, you know, we've, we've realised 2020 was pretty tough. Uh, we've realised that we can get through it though, right? We've got through it. We, we, it may have shaken us, but there is a new expectation. And I believe a greater level of faith and a new hope that God wants to bring into your life. So if you can take anything of last year, no matter how bad it was for you or how tough it was for you, take it that God is wanting to release new faith into your life and a new hope into your life. We are stepping into a different dimension. That is God's promise for us. Do not fear. Why shouldn't we fear? Well, the prophet says to the servant, do not be afraid, do not fear. Verse 16, those who are with us are what? Are more than those who are with them, more than those who are against us. Uh, on our side are more. If God be for you, who can be against you? So Elisha is going to pray because he feels his servant's frustration that he is only really taking Elisha's word that, that everything's going to be okay. Elisha wanted him to see what he saw. And Elisha prayed and he said, God, would you open up his eyes so that he may see? He prayed for his servant's eyes to be opened, to be able to see what he saw. One of the greatest things you can do in regards to fear on your life is actually begin to pray to God and ask Him to open your eyes to be able to actually see the reality of what's behind what you see in the natural, right? Uh, we, have natural eyes. we have natural eyes, but we also have spiritual eyes. We have natural ears, but we also have spiritual ears. In the book of Revelation, he who has ears, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. 
referring to not just our natural senses, but also our spiritual senses. So you have spiritual eyes and you have spiritual ears, okay? Ephesians 1.17 says, I pray that the eyes of understanding may be enlightened. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and what did he see? He saw hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. He saw the other world, the superior world all around Elisha, the spiritual world that God created our world from, right? And he saw a vast army of fierce warriors, angels all around. Psalm chapter 37 says this, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who worship and fear Him. You and I have an army of angels who look after us. We have an army of angels who protect us. When, when, when He saw how things really were, what happened? His fear left. When He saw how things really were, His fear left Him. What is fear? Good question. If I use an acronym for the word fear, I would say fear is false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. Fear is making the wrong conclusion because we are looking at the wrong information or incomplete information, right? Okay, so here's an example. On Tuesday, uh, just last week, I was with a guy. Yep, and I had lunch with him. He's here this morning, by the way. But to avoid potential embarrassment, we'll call him, James, what pseudo name would you like to be called? I'm just trying to think one. Jim, we'll call you Jim. So we both, Jim and I, we had the same amazing salad from this particular cafe that's next to the gym. Anyway, later in the day, I had to go to the bathroom and kind of, saw that what looked like uh, blood in my urine. And I thought for a moment, oh my gosh, I'm, I think I'm dying. <laughs> it's all over. That was for about 30 seconds and then sanity kicked in and heard this little whisper in my mind, it's the ton of beetroot that you ate in that salad <laughs> during lunch. Seriously, it was like, I've never seen so much beetroot in a salad, like in big, chunky, chunky beetroot. But it was, I, I mean, I love beetroot, so I was more than happy. Anyway, uh, so, so anyway, the day went on and, and I realised it was beetroot and it all was good. Well, that was Tuesday. Well, Friday, I go see this guy at gym again. And I said to him while we we're, while were exercising, hey, Jim, after that lunch on Tuesday, I really thought I was dying, but uh, because I started peeing blood. And, and uh, then I realised, of course, that it was beetroot. He goes, oh, really? Really? And it's kind of like he had this light bulb moment, even for his own life, uh, because he told me that he rushed into A&D. <laughs> because he thought he was dying. A&E, A&D, whatever it is. He's, uh, so he'd had a history of kidney stones and that often is the first sign of, you know, of, of a kidney stone erupting. So gripped with fear, <laughs> Jim rushes to the hospital. So he has to give them a urine sample and even the doctor, who doesn't worry about testing it, just sees what's in that urine sample 
and says, hey, you, you've got some problems here. I'm gonna have to give you some inflammatory, anti, anti-inflammatory medication because it looks like you know, these kidney stones are erupting again. Well, the doctor had never tested it. He just looked at it and diagnosed it. And, uh, and, and also Jim got some blood tests as well, which uh, will, then he proceeded to uh, book a time with Dr. What shall we call you? Dr. Bob. Dr. Bob, and, uh, you know, just pseudo name there, just so that, you know, we're not p- pointing anyone out, Doc. So he proceeded to book a time with Dr. Bob for Monday, which is tomorrow. Um, Dr. Bob should have the results of his blood test for Jim tomorrow. I would love to know what those blood tests are going to come out like. <laughs> I felt like ringing Dr. Bob and saying, hey, should we have him on for a few more days? Just see you. <laughs> what is fear? Fear is evidence appearing real. By the way, I, uh, I asked for Jim's approval on this story, so it's all good. He just didn't know how I was going to say it. <laughs> fear. fear uh, what is fear? Fear is evidence appearing real. Fear is making the wrong conclusion because we are looking at the wrong information or incomplete info. All right. Elisha's servant was afraid because he only saw one portal. He only saw one dimension. He saw the world where the Syrian army had come to capture them. He did not see the world where the angels of God were all around them. And when he saw how things really were, his fear left. Friday for Jim was a good day, but he still had four days before he got to Friday. When he realised what it was, his fear went. He was quite relieved after that session. That's what God does for us through the Holy Spirit. God shows us the revelation of truth and the truth sets us free from the deception of fear. We fear because we believe something that is not true. God helps us to be free by His Word and His Spirit so that we can walk in the freedom that is ours, our inheritance as children of God. So Elisha prays to God as the enemy came, verse 18, as the enemy came down toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, strike this army with blindness. So he struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. Elisha told them, this is not the road. So Elisha goes to this army, says, hey, look guys, this is not the road and this is not the city and uh, I am not Elisha, you know. Uh, Follow me though and I will lead you to the man you're looking for. And so he led them to Samaria. What a crazy story. He leads them to Samaria after they entered the city. Elisha says, Lord, open their eyes now uh, so that these men can see where they're really at. Then the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside Samaria. When the king of Israel saw them, he asked Elisha, shall I kill them? My father, shall I kill them? And uh, Elisha says, do not kill them. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. Don't kill them, just feed them. Wow, Uh, this is amazing. Here they are, an army pursuing Elisha and Elisha says, nah, let's just feed them. So he prepared a great feast of beetroot for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. So the band from Aram, this army from Aram, stopped raiding Israel's territory. They never again attacked Israel while that Syrian king lived. Why? Why did Elisha say, no, let's not kill them, let's just feed them? Why? Here's here's one of the answers. Because the greatest victory is when you turn an enemy into a friend. That's a kingdom principle of loving people who hate you 
blessing people who curse you, forgiving people who wound you, because we demonstrate the kingdom when we walk, or we best demonstrate the kingdom when we walk in love. In this season that we are in, we have such an opportunity to show a better way. That God, the God way, the love way, the Jesus way, by treating people with honour, respect and love, even with those who disagree with us, even when they are treating us unfairly. Ask God to heal them, love them, bless them, just like Elisha did here with the Assyrian army. So the story begins with Elisha having a superior understanding of things from a different world. Outside of the limitations of our natural senses, beyond human intellectual reason of deduction and conclusion, he has supernatural revelation from God about a trap that the enemy was setting against him. That's called divine protection. And that, by the way, is an Old Testament story. You and I, we are in the New Testament. We are, uh, we are of the New Testament. Every believer, therefore, has the Holy Spirit living inside of us. You have divine protection as a believer, which means, number one, divine protection is available to every single one of us through the belief and the guidance of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always seek to warn us of the strategies and the plots and the plans that the enemy is wanting to throw at us. So whatever the devil is doing, God is always one step ahead of him. God never loses and is never outmaneuvered by the enemy. And when it looks like things are too tough, when it looks hopeless, it never is. When it looks bad, God will turn it for good. Amen? Amen. When it looks like the devil is winning, he never is. It's just a mirage. God is active in history. He's active in this moment and He is guiding us and He is protecting us. And how we need to hear the voice of God today. The Holy Spirit speaking to us. Speaking, always speaking. He's always speaking. It's just, it's just we're just not listening. <laughs> That's the problem. The Holy Spirit will whisper to you. The Holy Spirit will begin to nudge you about something. Begin to say something like, hey, don't marry that person. Oh, that's pretty heavy duty, isn't it? Hey, don't do business with that person. Don't go that way. Come this way. It's like, uh, even just the other night, Viv and I were walking through town and walking through a particular area and I just felt this nudge. Just be careful with what you see around the corner. And, uh, and so I, I just kept conversation with Viv because Viv was with me and, and I just kept conversation with Viv and kept her attention away from this particular corner of town. And, you know, right before my eyes, there was this crazy thing going on and going on. But I sensed this thing, something's going before going around that, actually going around that corner. I sensed like, OK, something's, something's going on here that's probably not not the best thing to, uh, to be going on. So uh, interesting, eh? the Holy Spirit speaking, the presence of God revealing things to us in our Christian, you know, about, about what's going on outside of us, but also the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you about what's going on inside of you, right? Holy Spirit will protect you. He'll nudge you. He'll show you, hey, you're, the, you're with the wrong person. Hey, you, you need to do this. Hey, you need to go here, uh, you need to divert this way. Don't go that way. Go this way. You are in the wrong place. The Holy Spirit will always guide us that way. He will. 
He will. It is highly possible that at some point in time, you may have been diverted from a nasty injury or even death. It is highly possible. You don't know about it, but it's highly possible. God kept telling Elisha what the king of Syria was plotting against Israel. Oh my gosh, this prophet knows what I am even thinking in my bedroom. It's pretty out there, isn't it? The Israelites were kept from trouble by the exposing of the plots of the enemy. The Holy Spirit will protect us. The only trouble I've gotten into in life is when I've ignored that voice. There are two voices in my life I need to listen to. The Holy Spirit and my wife, because they are always right. (laughs) God will alert you to the wrong people coming into your kid's world. Yes, He will. God will alert you to the wrong people coming into your spouse's world. He will alert you and protect you. That's a promise from God. Anyone believe that? It's so important because just because someone says the right thing doesn't mean they are functioning in the right spirit. Someone can sound so right, but there's something that just is so wrong. And you feel this agitation. And the agitation is the Spirit of God speaking to you saying, hey, be careful. Hey, watch this. Watch that. And uh, that's the Holy Spirit warning you. The second thing about, about this, the second thing, the Holy Spirit wants to give you a boldness. Take away the fear because you can't do anything with fear. Fear cripples you. And so he wants to bring boldness into your life. Elisha is forewarning Israel. The enemy hates it, gangs up against Elisha. The enemy will often try and scare you away from making progress through intimidation. Some of you are under intimidation right now. You've been under intimidation in your workplace, even an intimidation in your family dynamics. You are under it. Retaliate. The enemy wants to scare you from making progress and he'll use intimidation, retaliation or something to try and disrupt your life. So in the light of opposition, we need to, like the disciples, ask for more boldness. God, I need more boldness in my life. The Bible says the Holy Spirit filled them and they were filled with boldness. They were filled with a renewed courage and what the enemy meant for evil, God used it for even a higher dimension of their walk in the kingdom of God, right? Don't let the devil scare you from the territory that God has given you. And when things go wrong, it means nothing. It doesn't mean you're not doing the right thing. Often adversity is a sign that you are in the centre of God's will because you have irritated the enemy who is trying to intimidate you away from the progress you are making as a believer. Don't believe him. Don't receive him. Don't allow that spirit or that intimidation to in any way push you back. You may be in a tough time right now, but you know the devil fights hardest when God has something great in store for you. If there's trouble around your family, if there's trouble around your life, it's because God has something great in store for your life. Often adversity is the greatest when breakthrough is the closest. Don't be discouraged by simply natural things. Paul prayed this in Ephesians 1, I pray, uh, verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in His holy people and His incomparably great power for us who believe. That you may know. What he was saying here is I want you to know who you are. 
And I want you to know what you're about. I want you to know what you've been called to. And I want you to know what is actually available for you. The riches of God's inheritance is actually available for you. And by the way, it's the hope of which you've been called. Incredible hope for you. The point is you have spiritual eyes as you have natural eyes, spiritual ears as you have natural ears. It's interesting, Jesus spoke about it seven times in the Gospels and, and seven times in the book of Revelation as well. It says, he who has ears to hear, let them hear. Why? Because there is a whole nother world. There is a world beyond this world, a spiritual world. And as Elisha prayed for his servant, I pray for you that, the God, that, that God opens your eyes to see the other world, to see that there are more with you than those who are against you. Romans says, if God be for you, who can be against you? God plus you equals a majority, folks. If there's a demon coming against you, there are 100 angels that are for you. There are more angels than demons. There is more healing than disease. There is more joy than sadness. There is more love than hatred. There is more peace than anxiety. Everything in the kingdom represents authority over everything of darkness. There may be a whole lot of things uh, that, that, are, that are happening that we don't understand, right? But we can trust God because He sees he helps to, us to see what we need to see when we need to see it to accomplish the will of God in our life. God will show you, trust Him in this season because God won't let you down. There may be a whole lot of things that are happening that we don't understand, but we can trust God. We can trust God. God will show you. Jeremiah 3.33, 333, 3.33. I don't know, it's his phone number anyway, 333. Uh, says, call unto me. God inviting us, He's inviting us to call to Him. And it says, I will answer you. So He's already texted you, right? You've got the text for some of you, you've got the text in front of you. It's the Word of God, that's the text. But there's something different between a text and a phone call, right? We all know that. So here's God saying, call unto me. Call unto me and I will answer you. Call to me, I'll answer you. Here's the reward and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know of. The older I get, the more I don't know. But that's okay, because I still know Jesus who knows everything, so it's all good. He's a friend, and He lives here in my heart, lives here in my life. He's all-knowing, and He gives me the knowledge that I need when I need it. He guides me with this supernatural, superior understanding. And like Elisha, He shows me things to come, and He shows me the will of God. The enemy is working overtime to discourage you, so much that you want to give up. Can I encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up. Your breakthrough is just around the corner. Last year, the enemy brought so much fear. This year, God wants to release faith. And here's the third point, the last point. God wants us to live in a place of victory. Do not be afraid. Do not fear. Those who are with you are more than those who are, who are, who are against you. God wants you to live in a place of victory. And you need to get your mind around that living in a place of victory. I think one of the things that often creates lack of victory and negativity is, to be honest, it's actually the, the six o'clock news. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one thing to know the problem, but I think we've got to focus more on the problem solver. Uh, you know, know the problem, absolutely, but remember, uh, we have a problem solver on our side. God is never surprised. He's never surprised. He is always prepared. When we don't know what to do, He knows what to do. 
God's got it all under control. You're going to be okay. The best is yet to come. God is going to turn what the enemy meant for evil for your good. God can turn the worst thing that's happened to you and turn it around and make your life the best thing. That's who God is. And He says, you just trust me, trust me, trust me. Trust me in the hallway when the lights are off. Trust me in the darkness of transition, in a season of uncertainty. Just trust me because I see the dark really well. And you will see and recognise and be aware and come into an understanding of spiritual truth that will guide you through these difficult seasons. So Elisha prays for the servant. Lord, open his eyes. When we see the invisible, we can do the impossible. When we see the invisible, we can do the impossible. This is encouraging for someone this morning. When you can see what other people can't see, then you will do what other people can't do. That's for sure. And God wants to give you hope for your business, hope for your marriage, hope for your family, hope for your future, hope for your relationships. See a different world. See a different possibility. God wants to talk to you about your people that have been hard to reach. He wants to talk to you about the people around your life who are difficult. He wants to talk to you about your family and give you a new hope to be able to see what He sees. He wants to give you a new faith, give you a new promise for them because if you can see it, you can have it. If you can see it, you can have it. God spoke to Abraham and said, Abraham, as as much of the land that you can see, I'm gonna give it to you and your descendants forever. God said to Abraham, if you can see it, if you can see this, you can have this. Whatever you can see, you can have. What is God wanting you to see today? What's God wanting you to see? What's broken and needs fixing? What's diseased, what's sick and needs healing? What's dark and needs the light of God around your life? What is it? What is it for you that God wants to show you before it happens? God wants to speak to you today. He wants to reveal, He just wants to whisper something to you about where things are at for you. He wants to whisper things that He sees beyond what you see in the natural. He wants to show you something spiritual. He wants to bring a spiritual dynamic to your life that that you know God is a big God and everything's gonna be okay and you can trust Him. You can trust Him so that when something is broken, you can go to Him and you know He's gonna fix it. You know He's going to because you can see what needs to happen. Too often we don't see what needs to happen because we don't know really what's broke. Sometimes it's actually, God, show me first, what is it? Why am I fearful? Why am I struggling? Why am I in trouble all the time? Why am I always feeling like I'm, I'm always under the circumstance, never on top of the circumstance? Why, why, why is it? And God will show you and then He'll give you a strategy because He's not just gonna show you your messiness. He's gonna give you a strategy to get out of your messiness and out of your brokenness. Okay, God, so what is it? What does He wanna show you today? What's going on in your life today? God shows us what we need to see, not to make us smarter, but that we might claim what He shows us in the spiritual and release it into our natural world. It's prophetic. It's speaking something over your life. Speaking the good things of God over your life. Too often we get so negative and so down and so critical of what's going on in our world. But what does God say? There's no negativity in God. (laughs) There's no criticism in God. God loves you. 
He loves you dearly. And when you choose to believe and to trust in Him, there are things that He wants to reveal to you and He will show you. Workplace, there's a strategy that you're trying to work through. You can't seem to get your head completely around it. Trust God. Go to God. He'll give it to you. He'll download that to you. You'll get the download. Others of you are just kind of trying to feel your way in relationship. You kind of feel like it's just not going anywhere. Uh, it's, it's, it's a dead end street. You know, Jesus said, I've come so that you might have life. There's life. If you go to Him, He'll begin to bring life into that thing. Into that dryness. Even in your own life, you're feeling like your own spiritual welfare is dry. Your own spiritual welfare, you feel like, oh man, there's just nothing's happening in my life right now. Go to Him. Go to Him. And get the download of what you need to do for the next season in your life. He'll speak to you. He's always speaking. It's just we struggle to listen because sometimes the listening, we don't want to hear it. But if we hear it and we do something about it, God will break something over your life. Something, movement will begin to happen. Momentum will begin to take place and you're on the move again. I love how God does this because He doesn't judge. He doesn't hold back and say, no, dirty, rotten sinner. <laughs> he says, no, I love you. I've got great plans for you. Just hurry up and listen because I'm speaking. I'm speaking to you. I'm, I'm whispering things to you. Hurry up and listen and start to act out on what I've been saying to you. Some of you have heard Him and you're not acting out on what He's been saying and you got to. Let me encourage you. you got to. Just, just you got to do it. Don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Don't allow fear to rob you of the purposes of God for your life. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Father, I thank You for this morning. I thank You for the opportunity just to share some thoughts this morning in regards to this dynamic of another world. There's another world. Right now, right now, while we're just in this moment, every head bowed, every eye closed, just right now, what is God wanting to say? What's God wanting to say to you? What is it? God, speak. Why don't you just ask Him? You ask Him right now. God, would you speak to me right now? Would you show me right now? Just reveal to me what the changes that's needed. What is it that you want to give me the plot? Give me the strategy. Even give me the strategy that the devil's trying to come at me with. Show me. Man, I was under intimidation for a very long time and I didn't know I was. And and uh, for about six months, I just I hated preaching and I hated doing what I was doing as a, as a minister. I just felt so, in, uh, so under um, this thing that was just robbing me of the very purposes of God and the will of God for my life. And I was speaking to somebody about it and they said, hey, you've come under a spirit of intimidation and instantly realisation of that. And then about two or three weeks after I had to begin to confess out of who I was in Christ, who I was and what I was about and who I was about and all of that. And within three weeks, I was, that spirit of intimidation was broken off my life. I, you know, I got the realisation, the revelation, but then I had to do something about it as well. Get the revelation and do something about it. Revelation and action. Revelation plus action equals victory. <laughs> Father, speak to us, reveal to us. Maybe um, get the band to um, just play that song, Fresh Wind. Just be seated, just stay seated. Just let God, just, just a few more moments, just a few more moments. Just let God begin to speak to you. 
You need a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. Some of you do. Some of you are so dry. Some of you are so just like, you know, as I said before, you feel like giving up. Look, don't give up. God is here and He's on your life. He's, he's in you. He's with you. Don't give up. And right now, there's a fresh wind going to come on your life. Fresh wind. God's going to speak to you again. God's going to reveal greater plans even again. Greater plans, greater plans. Even that which of the plans that you've had in the past have brought you to this point, there are greater plans even yet God wants to release to your life. Greater plans, greater plans for your marriage, greater plans for your uh, business, greater plans for your family. There is more. The best is still yet to come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's sing. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.